0: Are you looking for more excitement than you can find on the comic book shelves? Then head over to HoundComics.com. At Hound Comics, you can choose from comic titles like Average Joe, The Revival, and Brimstone and the Border Hounds. Featuring and created by celebrity founder and CEO, Brimstone. And don't forget to head over to the official Hound store where you can buy comics for adults and kids alike. Also at the Hound store, you can get barbecue sauce with titles
1: like Awesome Sauce and Cherry Bomb. And seasonings like You're Baking Me
0: Crazy and Dust From Hell. So if you're looking for some comics that are finger-lickin' good, head over to HoundComics.com.
2: You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment So strap
3: yourselves in and prepare
2: for victory!
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Can Dare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Collie. Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. And our guest today is what can be seen in comics like Bloodstrike, Grim Fairy Tales, and Blindside, just to name a few, illustrator and comic book artist, Sean Forney. Thanks for being with us, Sean. Thanks for having me. We're going to uh, be, this is going to be the second week we're doing our nostalgia Mm -hmm. section, which I think we have a name for. Does that work for you?
1: Yeah, I'm good with
0: it. What was it? I I already forgot. Uh, uh, Retro recap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll have to make up some kind of a little intro for this segment. But uh, we're going to be talking about bad movies in light of the Fantastic Four bombing uh, this past weekend. (laughs) Uh, then we're going to do our comic roundtable, and then we'll turn our full attention over to Sean and uh, see what's going on over at Savage Mind Comic Studios. Let's just get right into this. Like, uh, like I said, Fantastic Four—you guys have probably all heard—has oh, yeah. really stunk up the box office this weekend
1: enough that Fox is sending uh, not inquiries but uh, surveys of what they could do better. I guess.
0: Oh, I thought it was whether or not they should
1: even keep the property. It, I'd, maybe that be part, that might be part of the survey, but I don't know. Just give
0: it back to Marvel. Yeah. They Man, could right. probably do something good with it, don't you think? <laughs> but anyway, we're not going to focus too much on that. We're just going to talk about some uh, other superhero movies from the past that didn't turn out quite uh, as they were supposed to. So I thought we could open up this little segment just talking about the uh, the first Fantastic Four. What was it? The 2005. 2000, was that what it was? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about the old Fantastic Four. Oh, the 94 <laughs> ones? <laughs> That'd be a better one to start off with. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do it. God, <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all you can say about it. I will say, though, Dr. Doom probably looked the best I've seen him thus far. Uh, in that one? In that movie yeah. than the other ones. Yeah, he looked just like the comic book Doom. What? So does the yeah. thing, kind of, with the yeah. great big eyebrows. <laughs> the makeup and everything was much truer to the comic book, I think, but... I don't know like When the mouth and the eyebrows Were all like uh, Animatronic Kind of yeah, The way yep. the Turtles Mouths moved and stuff So Reed Richards had the real high White walls on the side Of his <laughs> head <laughs> Oh yeah And the, the The stretching scenes Like when his arms would go out Were the like, like, Arms on coat hangers <laughs> That just kind of <laughs> Yeah you'd just see it Down
1: the hallway Just kind of <laughs> Just sway in there Have And it see- was like Stop animation too When he would stretch was it really? I think, yeah, I think it was. I would have never saw that if the first one ever came. Well, the one in, what, the early 2000s? 2005 one? Because I, I think I think I came across it somehow, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this. And then I punched myself after.
0: <laughs> you actually got through the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Sean? Have you seen this I, one?
3: I've not seen it. I've only seen uh, the trailers and a little bit of that documentary that came out recently in light of all the... Uh, news about the new Fantastic Four movie. But, oh. yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys saying the thing about uh, the effects and their thing looks eh, kind of close to the comic book. But, yeah, he, he moves a little funny when he's talking and whatnot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like his lips move. The jaw or anything didn't move. Just the lips yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> earthwormed around a little bit. But, but That's that, how they had for animatronics back then. Yeah, not really. It was a TV movie, right? Yeah. It's about the best, mm-hmm. best yeah, yeah. you could have gotten. Especially yeah. in that time, man. Yeah.
2: Remember the movie It? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good for a TV movie.
1: Yeah, it was. It wasn't scary, I don't think, but... No.
2: I mean, if we were to go back with uh, TV movies, I don't know if you guys ever seen Generation X.
3: I saw that. No. <laughs> I that saw a trailer was, for it, I think. Oh, yeah. man. What was it?
2: It was uh, based off of Marvel's Generation X. They made a what they called was a pilot movie to see if anybody liked it. And if it did well, they were going to turn it into an actual TV show. But oh, it was, was uh,
0: this something to do with the X-Men? Yeah. Yeah, Jubilee was in it, actually. I remember you talking about this before.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I, f- I mean, you could watch it right now off of uh, YouTube.
3: <laughs> and how long ago was this? This was in the 90s? I want to say it was like 96, I think, or somewhere right around there.
2: Yeah Really It was cool Like the advertisements You would see uh, uh, Husk Was in it And then she would like Peel peel away her skin And it was actually diamond And everything (laughs) Which actually looked Really good for the time Really Um, Stretch I think that was his name (laughs) <laughs> like at the very opening of that, I remember watching the very opening and I was like, this is going to be lame. Like, <laughs> it was like a bubble tape commercial, if you remember those. Oh, yeah. And like the kid's stretching his arm out and he's like, oh, no. And then like a stretch Armstrong look.
0: <laughs> well, we might have to put a bubble tape commercial at the end of this uh, episode now.
2: But uh, wow. Jubilee turned out pretty well. Like, the actress, they almost, they got her dead on. They gave her the yellow trench coat. They gave her the glasses on her forehead. Great big hoop earrings. Yep. They gave all of that, and she was playing video games, and it, it was kind of like a mind control, I guess, for all the kids there. So it was all the arcades, and you would see her, like, her powers were going nuts. And then you see like the actual sparkles that she would do. Oh, she burns
1: up the, the yeah. video game machine. Yeah. Yeah. I it was always like, wow, that's actually really decent for that. <laughs> I'm going to have to go watch this. Didn't seen. that turn into like mutant X or something like that? Was that the, that was I know that was of a bad that show. Thing. I don't remember
2: watching it.
0: <laughs> 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 Moving on to some other stinkers here. What about uh the super Mario brothers movie? I mean, that's a, that's just a staple of bad uh superhero movies. Yeah. Done, you know, I, done wrong. It, it was
2: a bad, good movie because I, I still think about it. Both those actors did not want to do the movie because the directors were always changing it right. on a daily basis. So they just came to work drunk and they openly admitted to it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and they uh, they kind of did the same thing to that as uh, the first Michael Bay TMNT movie where they there was constant script changes and mm. story changes like throughout the production. So by the time you get to the end, it was just like, what the hell are we watching
1: here? Yeah. You know? I don't even know what movie I just did.
3: <laughs> That's what they did with uh, GI Joe too, was because uh, it was during that writer strike. I think it's on the commentary on the DVD, but there's there was a ton of rewrites. I don't even think the script was fully finished when they started filming it. Didn't know that I that never movie. saw G.I. Joe Was it good? No No <laughs> <laughs> No It's
1: At the end of the At the end of the day When After watching that movie I just figured It was just Hard to put G.I. Joe Into real life Yeah Yeah Just I mean It's cool as a cartoon And toys and stuff But to put it in
0: real it, It's I think it's too hard Right Well The same This Fantastic Four syndrome Oh so, <laughs> yeah Yeah We'll just call it FFS <laughs> But right. they had the second
1: G.I. Joe It was even
0: worse Yeah well, they make three of them? No, they got
1: two. Just two? They're working
0: on a third one, though, oh, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. So the second one was funded on people's high expectations that were then soon let down. Well, The Rock was in it, so. <laughs> is he a big box office draw? I mean, do people like, oh, I'm not big on G.I. Joe, but The Rock. Oh, I think so. Are Maybe, they?
1: Well, I was going to say Fast and Furious movies, but there's people that really love those movies. Oh, yeah.
0: That has a uh, cult following all yeah. of its own.
1: I always compare movies to Dragon Ball Evolution.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's on my list of bad movies. Good lord, I, I cannot. There was a Dragon Ball movie that came out the '80s, I think. Live action? Yeah, it was live action, and it was, it did better than this one. <laughs> really? That's how bad it was. Like, <laughs> I actually enjoyed
1: going back to Dragon Ball: The Magic Begins, and we went in with low expectations of this movie too, <laughs> and, and our, it totally bottomed out our low th- expectations.
0: This was the uh, the live action Dragon Ball.
1: Yeah, and it came out in the. 2004, 2003,
0: something like that. Why well, try to fix something that's not broken, you know? I mean, I it does so well as an animated series. Just let it let it be. That'd know? be cool if they did it right. Oh, yeah. At least they had
1: Goku's hair pop back up after he had it all <laughs> matted know. down and then just bounced <laughs> back up. Ugh. That's still <laughs> horrible. But then none of his moves were actually
0: energy moves. It was just like he was blowing pus of air everywhere. I can already say that if someone came to me and said, "Yeah, one of the best scenes of the movie is when his hair popped up," <laughs> this is one to avoid. <laughs> but that's that's my
2: staple. Like, if it's better than Dragon Ball, then the movie's okay. <laughs> well, like,
0: so would you put Mario Brothers better than Dragon Ball movie?
2: Oh uh, yeah. What down. really? Oh yeah. My God, that Dragon Ball Z mo- or Evolution movie was so bad. It, it's, oh
1: God, I still puke a little when I think about it. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't say nothing to each other walking out of the theater after seeing that. It was that <laughs> just, opening day too. just like,
0: just drive home your own ways. Never say goodbye or anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I seriously wanted my money back. Oh crap! Ugh, like Avatar, the uh, Last Airbender movie. Yeah, that did better than Dragon Ball. Yeah, I think but I like that better that
0: than Dragon that. Ball. <laughs> That's just another kind of a Dragon Ball Z genre kind of movie, right? Uh, I don't know yeah, anything kinda. about uh-huh. Oh, Last Airbender. You gotta
2: watch that. Do Even, I? Yeah, it's a cartoon show, but it carried so much in the first you know, what was it, five books?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was so good just mm-hmm. to watch that. Like the show, and then when they made the movie, you were just like...
0: Just, <laughs> huh? <laughs> like, <Right>. really? <laughs> well, here's another stinker for you. 2003 Hulk. What did you think oh. of that one?
1: That I didn't mind it a lot. I liked how, like during scenes, how it would switch to like comic panels. Oh yeah, I, really I remember that. that. That was really cool. And just seeing him grow when he got angry, angry too. That, I really like that because they took that away pretty much out of the uh, anything with the Hulk anymore.
0: Yeah, the the graphics were horrible though. I mean, they were really bad, and the story was just kind of uh, messed. What was it like? His dad was trying to make like a super soldier serum. Something injected like himself injected to his son. Well, he injected himself, and it didn't work. And then later, after he had a child, which was Bruce, realized that whatever he had put in himself had genetically transferred oh, to right. Bruce or something. Yeah. I just, eh. jeez, I forgot all about that part. It was just a boring movie. It, yeah, yeah, uh, it was like, extremely boring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't like when he killed the big dogs. No, the the uh, help me out. What was this? The next one came out. Uh, uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Yes, oh, that yeah, one that was one. really good. That was good. Yeah, I just don't like the way they made Abomination
1: look. Oh. Just the big naked zombie guy. No. <laughs> Did you see the uh,
2: the joke in there, the Zanzibar when they were fighting? Mm-mm. You, ever, you ever hear that joke uh, or that song by uh, Oh Tenacious D?
0: oh yes you know which one I'm talking about uh, I think gently. so gently I'm not gonna go yes 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 everyone knows yeah, what I you're talking about
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he's like I'll order it from Zanzibar and then Zanzibar shows up in that movie
0: Oh really? Yeah, it was so funny. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Zanzibar." <laughs> I always, whenever I think of the Edward Norton Hulk, I get discouraged because he originally like took this project on. He was going to make like a two and a half hour long movie on the Hulk because mm-hmm. uh, he loves the Hulk. It was like one of his uh, big projects he was looking forward to doing. After he got it all finished, the studio was like, "Oh, we got to shave this down into like an hour and a half summer blockbuster." And he became so like pissed off by that that he totally took his name and everything off of it. You know, by the time it came out, jeez. Wow. I mean, I think he's credited for his performance, obviously. Well, but, yeah, uh, yeah, which is too bad. I always wonder what that full version would have looked like. Oh yeah, they had to probably they probably come out with it. <clears throat> I wish they'd make a uh, a Mark Ruffalo uh, Hulk movie. Is that his name, Mark Ruffalo? Yep. Yeah. Why don't they make one of those? Right. 'Cause he would hardly be
1: in it.
3: <laughs> one of the, one of the last reports they kept saying was there there was still a hang up with the uh the rights that Marvel can can use them in Avengers, but if they want to do a a solo movie, Universal still gets a cut of it. Kind of oh, like the thing of the with, old show. Uh just from the, the deal <laughs> that they did with that Edward Norton Hulk. Mm, mm. Movie properties, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they uh I guess they can still do it, but it's just the issue that uh, Universal has the right to like distribute it or something like that. I forget how exactly it pans out, but I think it just all comes down to they get a cut of it and right. Marvel and Disney aren't letting it happen.
0: Yeah, it doesn't become worthwhile for them if they have to give a big cut to Universal. Yeah. You know. yeah. What do you got, Jack? Street Fighter.
3: Ooh. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Van Damme. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was there another one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was all on Chun-Li, wasn't it? Yep. yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I didn't even want to see that one. I didn't see that one. Even though... One. I've never seen it. I'm in love with that girl, but...
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I own
1: the movie, but I haven't watched it.
0: Here's the thing about Chun-Li, and maybe you guys uh, remember this, too. When you play in Street Fighter 2 and you're playing as her, you can get her to do this kick move where you hit pause real quick and you get a... Quick glimpse of her butt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember just playing matches, just like, okay, no, no, no,
1: there it is. I used oh. to own with Chun Li. I oh. sat there in an arcade and just schooled line after line after line of people one day. Really? Mm-hmm. That was such a fun game. I had to make game. myself lose to be able to. I was like, all right, I gotta go. <laughs> Kill me. You think your uh, skills held up till today. No, no. No, there's people. Dread uh, that Street Fighter game. People are way, way oh, better. Yeah. Canceling and everything Yeah I can never get it down either Doing the What's it called Negative Negative something Where you're actually Pulling back While you're doing moves Before the character's Even doing stuff Mm -hmm. It's insane how fast They do it now That's
0: nuts Wow Wow yeah, <laughs> you know that's too bad. That wasn't the best, you know, a great movie. I mean, it's based on a video game property, so it's always a. Uh, it's kind of hard. I'll yeah, I'll always watch it still though, even though it's terrible. Van Damme movies are fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like an Arnold or Sylvester Stallone movie, obviously, but uh, I love Van Damme movies. They're good. Uh, what was the one that the the hockey arena? Uh, um, wasn't what is it when bad. a hockey game goes into overtime? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what it was called.
2: Uh, I still laugh in that movie when he put there was another movie that Van Damme did and I can't remember what it was but he sticks a pen in the guy's head and the cheesiest line came out of his mouth where he was like I seem to have misplaced my pen and blood starts squirting out, <laughs> out of the back of the pen <laughs> I think I remember that I don't remember what
0: <laughs> movie it was Sudden Death oh that's oh, what it was called yeah. that's what it was called that was a 1995 God. release that was a good movie mm-hmm. I loved that movie um I don't remember what the other one was he was in but he was being like held captive on this kind of like an offshore oil rig kind of thing it was way out in the ocean and he had to like every hour put his thumb on this like thumb recognition thing so what? like it would account for his presence there. Mm-hmm. While he was when he planned his escape, he you know the little birds you can get that like duck their head and walk yeah. and keep coming back? He had rigged up something like that with a pencil and an eraser and took like a big knife and cut his thumbprint off oh. and stuck it to this eraser and made it so every hour this thing would just fall and it would... Uh, yeah, I don't that's think I've ever would seen that one. That sounds awesome. Oh, I wish I could remember what it was called. It was such a good movie. I'm thinking a Lionheart. Oh, that was good too. Yeah. Kickboxer. Hard Target.
1: Yeah. Kickboxer was All right. Man, oh, I like that one. Knee and cement pillars.
0: <laughs>
1: <Jeez>. <laughs>
0: what, you mean that's not real?
1: <laughs> I think
2: Bloodsport was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Bloodsport. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bloodsport's the best out of all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah I forgot all about that God. one. And then Street Fighter.
2: <laughs> Street Fighter, you know, it has its moments. Like Zangief. Yeah. Like he the looked bomb. just like that he guy. He did. He huh? looked exactly like him. God. I remember the bomb coming down. Like the truck, you know, it was like they're watching on surveillance cameras. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, God. Everyone's like, oh,
1: God, and he sees Zangief.
2: Oh, my God, quick, change the channel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> E-Honda pissed me off. I was just a big Hawaiian dude. Well,
2: that was funny, too, when they did the whole, they tried to make him like look like he was Godzilla. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, Fighting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dalsam, he didn't look like him until the very end when he had the shackles around his neck yeah. and wrists, and then he, he got bald. <laughs> it was
2: dumb.
0: They don't even want to talk about Blanca. Oh God, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> the movie I'm thinking of is Double Team. By the way, with the Oh, see, that's for what I I did see that movie. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. I thought you, you, should of them. you should watch it. You should watch it. Very good. When was that one? Uh, Ooh, Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yeah. Hmm. I remember another appearance more, more recently that Van Damme did was in the Was it the second expendables? Expendables. Yeah. 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 He was the villain. He was good. In he was that. yeah. He was good in that. I love those movies. I'm glad they had him do the whole split thing. <laughs> just
1: like, oh, just oh, to yeah. keep that uh, going
0: from it. <laughs> you got to play on every gimmick of these guys yeah. in those movies. It's like when uh, like when Arnold's in the scene. It's <laughs> dun 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 dun. Yeah. dun. <laughs> and like um, there, I think there was a scene where he and Sylvester Stallone were in that uh, golf cart thing, caddy thing in the airport. He's like, I'm out of animal, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the whole chuck notice Chuck Norris parts were great, too.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. because, Like, what was it? Hey, Barney, I heard you, or well, I don't even remember his name. I heard you'd been bitten by a snake or something. like, yeah, and after three agonizing days of pain, the snake died.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it when These guys aren't that. even trying, no. but I'm still going to watch it, and I'm still going to love it. Yeah. And the, the third one, I think Arnold says, get to the chopper, like, three or four times at oh the end. Oh, my God. I haven't, I haven't
0: seen it yet.
1: <laughs> you haven't? No.
3: Well, I've never. got it at home. I just haven't seen it. it it's on Netflix. Uh, we watched it, like, a couple weeks back. Yeah. Oh
1: I got to I gotta pick my movie times, like, the, my man movie times, because <laughs> if she's in the house, she'll just be like, what are you watching? It's <laughs> like watching the first one when Terry Crews is walking around with that shotgun Oh, yeah. Screaming. Woo!
3: Woo! Especially if you have surround
0: sound. I mean, that's like rattling the
1: windows. (laughs) I was just sitting there clapping and loving it. She's just like, this is stupid.
0: Oh, yeah, it's stupid. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Mel Gibson was the bad guy in the third one. Was that right? Yeah. 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 I thought he did really good, too.
3: Oh, yeah. His part was perfect. It was a little mix of uh, the characters from, like, all the previous stuff he did. The lethal weapon and then. Was that Payback, I think? Oh, I was just going to say. That was a good movie. That was a
0: great movie. The scene where he's like making those guys hold the briefcases up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. He like has them extend their arms out perfectly at the sides and hold these heavy briefcases, and he's got a gun on them. And they just keep getting tired and start dropping them as they do. He like shoots the case and they're just like dying holding these things up. It was so awesome. Oh, man. I got to watch that again. (laughs) (laughs) What else, Jack? Turtles 4.
1: Four? Was it four? Or was it was the third Yeah, it was third, the fourth one Three. The third movie The Ooze That was number two You mean the when they went back in time? No, the movie movie Live action movie With Venus that Oh, that's a movie. TV show That's a TV show
0: Oh, was it? That was yeah. a uh, Fox after school show Yeah, I had no idea I would never watched it Because I heard and I heard it was so bad <laughs> It was I bad know. I mean, Splinter looked horrible The Turtles looked horrible And Shredder was like So non-threatening His helmet I mean, it looked like the typical Shredder helmet, kind of. Mm-hmm. But you could tell the whole thing was made of, like, a plushy fabric. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, how am I supposed to be afraid of this, you know? <laughs> wow. But uh, Turtles 3, though, going back in time, that's a good stinker. Yeah. I
1: watched. I caught. I never did watch that one, but I caught the last, I think, the very end when they come back. Mm. You know, there's a big fight scene at the end or something like that, and then they come back. You know what?
2: No, I take it back. There was a fourth one, but it was the CG one. Believe it or not, remember all that Oh, the
0: one? TMNT movie?
2: That was actually the fourth movie, because if you watch as they go into Splinter's, uh, like, uh, treasure Trophy place, they had all, everything from all the other three movies, even the time travel um, lantern.
0: Really? Yep. Hmm, i might to have to call yeah. shenanigans <laughs> or something on that one. <laughs> uh, you, you can Google that one right now. I think now, he said oh, something oh, about
2: image. that before. Yeah.
0: I'm watch that, that now. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It was really was it? good. Yeah, it was the CG one. Yeah, it, it was uh, them taking on. It wasn't even like a Shredder movie. It was them taking on some kind of a ancient. Uh, what was it? Ancient being who's trying to summon these demons or something. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. And was it was like almost like there. the
1: Ghostbuster, the crossover comics here that came out. Mm. The Turtles and Ghostbusters.
0: Oh yeah, that Ooh, would have been a good setting, like wouldn't it? No. Uh, one thing about that movie I love. I mean, it starts with Leo like uh, <clears throat> on his own in Brazil, like he's been he's gone in Brazil, out in the woods, just like try, trying to find his uh, I don't know way or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, also Raphael being the what was it Night Watcher? Yep. He had like a superhero kind of suit he put on and went out to try to be on his own as the Night Watcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was pretty cool. That was a good movie. i have to watch that then. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should. You should too. Well, I mm-hmm. think we got time for one more. Lay it on us, Jack.
1: Mortal Kombat 2. Oh. oh. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen
2: that. I was gonna throw one out on the table. Okay. Masters of the Universe.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> God, yeah. I totally Dude, forgot about it. I mean, the, the thing that they use, that sound, I always got stuck in my head, but now I can't think of it. Was it like a flute? <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: the, was it a flute?
2: <laughs> it was like this weird little bagpipe. Metallic yeah. thing That could travel through Time
1: dimensions A and grizzy, grizzly guy Would play it <laughs> Open up the portal Oh god
3: If I can yeah, find that's... it I'll put it in right here <laughs> Oh
1: god
3: <laughs> I know it's, it's a been... bad movie But I still love it But same here Yeah it's been so long since I've seen that I, I actually watched it uh, like two weeks ago I had to do a commission before I went to Boston And and the guy specifically wanted uh, Tila and Man at Arms From the movie So I popped it into the little DVD player In the studio and sat there and watched it While I worked on the commission
2: Were you still I, laughing at it the whole time?
3: Oh yeah I, there, there's, there's parts of it I really dig And there's other parts that it's just yeah. I wish they would have stayed truer to you know, take your pick whether it was the cartoon or like the old mini comics or something. If they would have stayed closer to that. I think it, it could have had a lot of potential. I
1: remember when I was little and watched that movie. I was mad because oh yeah, nothing like the cartoon.
0: They're walking around with laser guns and stuff. Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> they did not have laser guns. <laughs>
0: right. Well, I don't remember anything. I watched that so many years ago and haven't seen it again. Since. Same
1: here. It's been really, mm-hmm. a really long. I can remember Skeletor didn't look like a Skeletor. No. No. Oh my God. It was yeah, like it a man like, with like white a should. Yeah. he <laughs> Man used a pistol. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> That's
0: what he, that'd be more of a Flash Gordon kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm Yep.
1: Oh, Flash Gordon. <laughs> oh, there's a movie right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was good then, but it's not good
1: anymore. Uh-huh. No, I'd still like it. I, I did too. Like just it, to yeah. watch, yeah, just to watch it. All oh, the Hawkmen. Wow, the guy with the metal face that gets stabbed with the spikes at the end, and his eyeballs pop out. Yeah, what the heck? I was like, wow, that stuck
2: That's stuck in my mind forever. It's
0: surprising that in that era they made such a violent look uh, movie based mm-hmm. on a, ch- a children's TV show. You know, I mean, who's your target audience? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was fun. I mean, talk about all these old movies. I, I just hope the Fantastic Four ends up like Super Mario or uh, what was the one you just said that you, Masters of the Universe. Master, yeah, You love to hate it and you hate to love it, but uh, <laughs> it's there, you know. So, all right. That'll do it for the retro recap this week. So, I think we
2: should retouch on that later on. There's so many I can bring to the table on that.
0: Oh, I'm sure we'll get back to it. Yeah. We're going to have to rehash some of these uh, retro recap themes. Just, <laughs> I mean, we're going to run out of ideas eventually, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's just get to the uh, roundtable comic talk here. Who would like to go first? Jeff, you want to go first?
2: I'll go first since I actually brought something.
0: Woo! I'm all ears. I'm dying to hear. What we got? All right.
2: With this comic book, I uh, actually brought Invader Zim. In. Now, to be fair, I didn't actually get to read it over the weekend, so I actually read it before we went on (laughs) to this podcast.
0: Um, That doesn't count. Get out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is actually... uh, I love this show. And one of the reasons I was the creator was um, Johnny Vasquez, I think his name is. I can't say his last name correctly. But he also created uh, Johnny the Homosanomaniac, which was a really weird comic, and Lenore. A lot of people would know what I'm talking about, are the ones that are um, looking for the odd books back then because like independent books were actually harder to find in my local comic store because it was always spider-man or something like that Mm -hmm. i would always find these things behind the counter but i found out that he was doing a tv show and i had to watch it it was invader zim and it was an incredible story that i loved watching because it was just fun the characters were there it was really weird and almost borderline, like, if they were to take it a little bit further, it would be, like, almost an arena, stimpy area. Right. Um, but just a lot darker. <laughs> but anyways, the show ended and it was very disappointing to see that it ended, and then it was, like, seven years, I think, went by, and then they came out with this comic book. Did they end the show at all, or did it just not ever come back on? Um, it just never came back on, because it wasn't really a full ending. It was, like, Dib stopped Zim, and then they ended it with that, which was fine, you know, but there was always shenanigans because Dib was always stopping Zim. Cool thing about this was about seven years have passed, I believe, seven or six years since the last episode. This book takes place after keeping that gap. Oh, it's nice. It keeps
0: chronologically with the uh, series. Yeah. Wow.
2: So this whole time, Zim was hiding and Div was watching, and he became like this fat oaf, which uh, if you were to look it up right now, that's this cover <laughs> shows what he turned into. And the reason for that was because he was waiting for Zim to make his move for some kind of weird takeover. And now that we get to read it, we find out that Zim was like, you know, he was hiding, waiting for Dib so that he couldn't stop Zim for whatever master planning he has involved. We see later on in the comic that Zim has some kind of weird thing coming up. Of You know, he knew about this and he planned the seven years, like what he was going to do once Dib was unable to, you know, stop him. So he actually invited Dib over. And this is this is normal Zim. He invited Dib over to tell him his plans and to show that he couldn't stop him. <laughs> so <laughs> Dib freaking out, obviously, went back and started, you know, trying to get back into shape. So a week goes by and freaking Dib or Zim did something, you know, that um, I'm not going to explain too much into, but he did something to cause Div to freak out enough where Dib actually got back into shape within a week. But they played it off like Zim was on, on a binge watch of a TV show that I hadn't watched in years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it, everyone can relate to that. It doesn't pick up right after the show left off, but you see what they've been doing the past seven years What yeah. since they left? So
2: the seven years, all it is is Zim was hiding. And then Dib was watching this entire time, like watching his house, watching the school not leaving his room, just watching and waiting. So for us, for the viewers who've watched it and then
1: going to read this, you just kind of crack up in your head because this is something that would actually happen in a show. Sit <laughs> there intensely watching, waiting. <laughs> Sounds like it was written well then. Oh,
2: yeah. It, they actually, um, for new, new people who have never actually seen the show, they actually, in the very beginning of the comic, actually read, do like a recap on what the show's about, mm. how it got started, mm. and then Um, In a weird way They didn't tell you how it ended, But they just said, you know, this is how the story is going to keep going So, I mean, it leaves you in a cliffhanger Because you still don't know what Zim's got up his sleeve And then you see that Div is finally back into shape at the end (laughs) So I'm I'm waiting for the next
1: one to see what's really going to happen And I can't wait for it Cool Cool. I only ever caught, like, two episodes Because I could never find out when it was on Because it was on, like, Toonami or something like that On Cartoon Network or something weird like that
2: Yeah, it was on, um Nickelodeon pushed it down So Jimmy Neutron was right after Or something like that And then Spongebob, obviously mm-hmm. uh, And then it just kept, you know It just slowly fell off until like 6 in the morning When nobody was
0: going to watch it And they're like, well, we're not getting
2: <laughs> enough ratings so I was like, well, of course yeah. <laughs> Put it in
0: a crap slot <laughs> It's kind of how they did with uh, Beware the Batman They came on for a little bit mm. They took, jerked it off the air Then they finished the series at like 3 a.m. every morning for a week. Well, so I, put her it on the... there. I don't know why no one would watch it. <laughs> All right. Very oh, yeah. cool, Jeff. All right. Uh, who would like to go
3: next? Sean, do would... you want to go next? I guess I'll share the the one that's been pretty inspirational for me anyway. Okay. Um, uh, the uh, Chris Claremont, Jim Lee, X-Men number one, came out in 1990, 1991, something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. That was, uh, I don't know, that's what got me hooked on... Comic books and Jim Lee's art style and oh, that whole yeah, thing absolutely. got me into collecting and all that. Um, I don't know. Have you guys anybody ever read it?
0: I haven't, um, no, no. But I know the artwork you're talking about. Uh, I mean, there's nothing really like it nowadays.
3: Yeah. <laughs> to me, it was it was always very like cinematic in the way the story was told, and it was it was a neat story. It was a nice uh, like jumping on point because I, I was in like a drugstore or something and found it and bought it and spent like the entire weekend flipping through reading it and all this kind of stuff and like I said that's what got me hooked on all this and ever since reading it as a kid I always thought like you know if they did an X-Men movie and they wanted to stay true to one of the comics I always thought this would be an awesome story because it involves they had like two groups of X-Men they had a blue team and a gold team and all this junk the the story like uh, centered around Magneto, he was on asteroid M, and he's got all the uh, his disciples, whatever they were called, and he he basically comes back down to Earth and wants to destroy it for whatever reason, whatever made him mad. I can't remember now. And it was like a I don't know, a three or four issue story arc of just the X Men going up against Magneto, and Magneto's like somehow more powerful than he's ever been. He's almost like godlike in parts of the story. Uh, It's a fun read. I bet
0: it was. And the art in that time was very eccentric, too. I mean, uh, like, for instance, like the the little horns on the front of uh, Magneto's helmet were pretty large. Big, great, big flowing cape. Wolverine's hair came to huge points.
1: I think that's why the the big double wide X-Men arcade game, it was the same type of artwork they used for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, wasn't it? Yep.
0: Forgot about that. Man, I'll play that forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ever and ever. And it it stinks you don't see a whole lot of that Mm -mm. art now. Because it seems, like, especially in Marvel comics, that uh, when they draw now, they try to make it more realistic, I guess. uh, Yeah. To try to accommodate for what the movies are doing, if that makes any sense.
3: Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, they've got this, like, weird mix going on where it's, like, uh, you get, like, the super realistic look. Or you get the very um uh, expressive artistic uh it, it's some of the stuff's like oversimplified it's all, almost cartoony but it's not it's very graphic right and yep. and they go from one extreme to the other and yeah they, like you're saying it's like some of the that the old art style that you know made marvel what it was is kind of died off
0: yeah exactly and that's too bad. But, I mean, that's what makes those classics so great, oh, yeah. too, at the same time. So. Yeah. Very cool. I'm going to have to go back and read some of those. I think mm. I have a few uh, X-Men and Wolverine comics from that era. I don't have the one you're uh, talking about, but, uh, yeah, I need to go back and look at those. Those are fun. I need to yeah. play that X-Men game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that game was fun. All right. Jack, go ahead. Me? alrighty. So, this week, what I brought, I... Mentioned before I, when I started the four-part series called The Mutanimals. It's a spin-off of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, on IDW label. And uh, in a nutshell, what it is, is uh, Old Hob, who's a character throughout the main IDW TMNT series, and he kind of he's uh he's a mutant he's a cat, but his allegiance you know starts i think with like the purple dragons he ends up working for shredder, just always being somebody's kind of minion you know uh He decides he wants to be his own person, or mutant, own cat, I guess. (laughs) But uh, says, you know, I'm done working for people. I'm going to do my own thing. And he starts recruiting other mutants who are kind of lost, like Slash, Mondo Gecko. There was uh, Herman the Hermit Crab. Pigeon Pete. Pigeon Pete, oh yeah. The the, the never-ending dumbass. (laughs) But... (laughs) But pretty much what happens is he uh, recruits all these mutants who don't have anywhere to go, and uh, what their sole purpose becomes is, you know, Hobbes goes from being this bad character to the leader of the mutanals, which is a group of mutants who's fighting for mutant rights. And in the comic series, the normal TMNT series, it He's putting this army of mutants together to go kill the Shredder. But in this side series here, they start focusing their energies aside, you know, just from the Shredder. Like they find the Null Corporation, who's been testing on mutants and killing, you know, doing horrific things to them just to uh, for scientific knowledge. did so, they find
1: Mutagen Man in there or something like that?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think issue two, they come across Mutagen yeah. Man and then... Uh, a bunch of them yeah he's gross <laughs> Seymour Guts is what, <laughs> what he ends up uh, being called but um, yeah they go after the Null Corporation and uh, you know there's a few different battles throughout the the books and some of the mute animals, including Hob, Pigeon Pete get captured and Slash goes to break him out and in turn gets a whole bunch more mutants to join their uh Join their cause, and if any of our listeners are familiar with the Mutanimals, the Mighty Mutanimals from the early '90s, uh, as this series goes on, you start to see a lot of the same names and same characters from that old Archie series book. But it was really good. They, uh, like I said, it wrapped up on issue four with uh, the Mutanimals taking down the Null Corporation, stopping them from testing mutants, and you know they're like. You know, we took down this one corporation. There's a world full of corporations like that. And pretty much them saying, all right, we're going to go take them out one at a time. So hmm. it would be cool to see this go on. I would definitely keep reading it, but you know it's not going to. Yeah. So I think the uh, trade paperback just came out a little bit ago. But, uh, yeah, this was, let me see, Story by Paul Allure and Art by Andy Kuhn. And Paul Allure is actually going to be at Tricon here in a few weeks. Sweet. So, oh, yeah, I'm going to get him to sign these up. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Mutanimals on IDW. I
1: have to finish reading it. I only got through second one. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Pile just stacked up 30 more comics (laughs) for (laughs) one. I brought Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, the trade paperback That I got for Christmas Tell us about Well it's got the Red Hood uh, He used to be called Speedy and Then he was called the Red Arrow and Then he was called Arsenal The Red Arrow And then Starfire right I always want to say Firestar But that's wrong franchise <laughs> <laughs> uh, Basically Jason. You find out a lot about Jason Todd uh, How he came back to life If you don't know if you ever heard about it, I guess uh, Talia Al Ghul right. grabbed him and then resurrected him. I never knew about that. And oh, then yeah. He ended up training with a group to become some great assassin. And it turns out that there's this old vengeance or not vengeance, but uh, like Ohio State. Rivalry. Michigan, rivalry, yeah. Called the I think they're called the unknowns. I think it was. Well, they ended up killing the people that trained him and the Red Hood had to go find out. He goes to find out that his teachers were killed. So he goes on this mission to find them to kill him. I didn't finish the whole book, but it was, it was pretty fun. Starfire, man. She's hot. So this is Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, what
0: I can see there. She looks pretty. Oh, good. you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Jason Todd Red Hood. Yeah. Though, no? Okay. That would be sweet. Yeah. There's a lot of, it
1: keeps going back in his past. He's, mad he wants to go kill the Joker he wants to get back at Batman by not helping him I think it was or something like that when the Joker kidnapped him so he's got a mm-hmm. lot of he's pretty pissed off so this
0: is pretty much the uh there's a there's a movie pretty much based around this Batman yeah Red Hood is that's yeah. it's called Red Hood or
1: yeah it's the Red Hood that that's was pretty a, much my movie. only knowledge of the Red Hood is that movie so I was I knew exactly where it
0: was what he was talking about with a lot of it
2: Hmm. Yeah,
1: and this is a 52 one, too. Yeah.
0: So the story has to have some variations in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. It looks awesome. That cover looks bad.
1: Yeah. It's kind of funny because uh, in the very beginning, Jason's, he he's in a, a submarine, and uh, he ends up blowing up the submarine, almost is drowned, wakes up naked on the island, and finds Starfire, She's just walking around in a bikini and stuff, and he wakes up with no clothes on, and she's like, oh, yeah, here, you can use this guy's clothes, which is Nightwing suit. Mm. And he hates Dick Grayson with a passion. So he's just like, I'm not wearing that. And she's like, it's just guy's clothes. I don't even remember the guy's name that did it because they used to date Dick and Starfire. Right. And then he ends up hooking up with her just to spite Dick Grayson. (laughs) Wow. And then later on, they're all on the beach, like Arsenal, Red Arrow, he ends up showing up. And uh, they're just sitting there chilling on the beach, and then Jason goes and talks to somebody, and then she's like, "So you want to go have sex?" And he's like, <laughs> "Well, aren't you and like Jason do uh, a couple?" She's like, "No, I do what I want." <laughs> so wow. Later on, you see burned handprints on his chest and burned handprints on the the uh, headboard. She's a hooer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a fun read. I, can't, I got about, I think, 20 pages left, and I'll be through it.
0: There was a Batman story. I don't remember when it was or what the context was. I just, uh, it's been so long ago. But I don't know if Bruce Wayne retired or got killed in this story arc. And uh, it comes to Dick Grayson and Jason Todd fighting over the mantle of Batman. You know, Dick Grayson does it the traditional way. It looks just like Bruce Wayne, where Jason Todd's Batman had, like, Big claws mm. and red glowing eyes. He, <laughs> I think he had uh, points on the shoulder of the cape. Oh my! He looked wicked, but uh, I don't remember who won that battle. It's been a long time uh, ago. Uh,
3: yeah, that came out a few years back. I think. I think uh, Dick took over yeah. as Batman when it was all said and done.
0: That would make the most sense. Do you remember what that was called by
3: chance? Um, I'm trying to remember. All I remember it was a storyline. Uh, Darkseid kills Batman. And then Batman has to relive his life through all these different generations, some craziness like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was something, it was like Battle for the Cowl or something yeah. like that. Oh, yes. S- something for the Cowl. I don't remember what the first part of it was.
0: I definitely have to look that up. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's very, <laughs> uh, very nude there. <laughs> wow. Maybe I will read that. I'd oh, like to borrow it. I'd like to wake up on the <laughs> beach, yeah, a beach that went around, yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's just move right into real world heroes. Jack,
1: who do we have this week? We have Mary Evans from Hickory, Mississippi. And
0: what has Mary Evans done to deserve a spot on our wall of justice?
1: Back in 2003, she heard an explosion from the house next door, where her niece's four children were trapped inside the house. Ooh, their ages: two, three, five, and seven. Uh, she headed straight for the house, had her son spray her down with a hose to get her all soaked, and she ran inside the house to go ke- get the kids, pull them out. Oh. I guess she she had to, she couldn't see anything because the the smoke was so thick. But uh, she ended up being able to find one of the kids, brought him out, and had her son douse her, douse her down again, and she went back in and got the other two. Um, one of them she wasn't able to she wasn't able to find, and he, I guess, he died. Oh, that sucks. Um, a couple of the kids were hiding underneath the bed, and I guess they told her that he wouldn't hide under the bed because he was afraid of dust buddies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what it said. And I was like, well, that stinks. Yeah. Wow. Running into a birding building. That's the best thing you can do, though. I mean, mm-hmm. soak yourself uh, head to toe in water.
1: Yeah, she said just from the heat, her skin would start to burn and stuff, and then it was just pitch black because of the smoke, but that's Mm -hmm. the best thing she could have done is
0: to douse herself down every time. That's nuts. I can't imagine.
1: And she was honored with the American Red Cross and Nursing Spectrum Nurse Hero Award.
0: Wow. Back in 2004, so like a year later. Well, we're going to honor her with a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. <laughs> so thank you so much, Mary Evans, for your good deeds. I Man, that's, uh, I don't know if I could do that. I'd like to think I could. I don't think I could. i be afraid. Know? I don't know. It depends on if there's
1: just blazing flames coming out of the windows.
0: depends the size of the house. We're talking like a, yeah. like a mall is burning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> might run in there. Lots of open space. But,
3: uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you, Sean? that'd be a tough call I'd like to think I could like you said but yeah Yeah. came down to it you're like yeah they're on their own (laughs) I'd hope I'd think I wouldn't make that decision but
0: (laughs) I don't think you would All right, with that behind us let's just turn our attention right over to Sean Forney and talk about everything he's got going on over at Savage Mind Comic Studios thanks so much for being with us Sean hey thanks for having me guys now, you are a busy, busy man. I mean, when we uh, first talked to you in person, you were just getting ready to go to San Diego Comic-Con, and we saw oh, you were right. just at Boston, and looking at your schedule, you are booked up for some time here.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's It's been a little bit of a whirlwind the last couple of months. Um, I think pretty much all of July was spent elsewhere. I, I don't think I was home for much more than a week in July. Oh, wow. Um, we we were at San Diego for a week. Came home. We had to go back out of town for a couple of days. Came back home, and then we took off and headed to Boston. We were in Boston for a week. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's I'm playing a little bit of catch up right now, but yeah, it's it's been good. It's been a it's been a fun fun adventure.
0: How were the cons? Did you have any uh, memorable experiences?
3: Yeah, um, San Diego is pretty cool. Uh, I just, I don't know, I had the luck to be in the right place at the right time in a, in a, in a lot of spots throughout the week we were there. Um, I, I ended up being at the in line for a signing for um, Hunger Games, and I kind of got in line a little bit late. And uh, where I happened to be was actually where they brought all the cast members out from... Like the back tunnels, or whatever it is that they have behind <laughs> where, <laughs> where everybody seems, yeah, where everybody seems to pop out of. And here comes a whole cast of uh, the Hunger Games that was there for the signing. there was, uh, I think four actors, actresses that were there for it right then. It was um, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, I forget the fella's name, but the guy that plays Foggy on the new Daredevil Netflix series. Um, and then uh, two of the other actors that were that were in it, and they were all part of the signing, and they just came walking right in front of me, so I sat there and snapped a couple pictures, whatever. Um, I, I was I was on my way going somewhere and ended up um, running into uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. What? Wow. Yeah. Really? yeah. And uh, my buddy and I were were at his table. And we we all of a sudden hear all this commotion and stuff, and he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, "Come on, we got to see what this is." And we turn around and here it's everybody from Batman versus Superman, uh, oh, Henry Cavill, what? Ben Affleck, Gail Godot, the whole everybody just starts making a beeline back towards the uh, the mysterious area where they keep everybody. <laughs> and we were I don't know probably like thirty feet from them and just see all of them just going through, and everybody's going absolutely nuts. It was it was like you know. Uh, like, a, a, a tiny portion of seeing people go crazy for, like, the Beatles or something. It was nuts. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I had a, I had a whole bunch of experiences like that when we were in San Diego. And then uh, Boston was pretty cool. Got to got to go venture out to parts of the East Coast I'd never been to. And um, I don't know, my memorable moment for that was uh, I was at the hotel and we were getting ready to Go grab dinner, and I turn around, and here's the dude that uh, does the uh, Peter Griffin impersonation. Like, he's got that uh, YouTube video where he's at New York Comic Con and all that, and he's just sitting there hanging out in the lobby. And I went up and I asked him if I could get a photo, and he started cracking some jokes, went right into character, got a photo with him. It was awesome. I think we saw that on Instagram. or Twitter. Yeah, most likely because I I had to post that everywhere once I did it.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't blame you one bit. Uh, I'd love to get him on the show. Oh yeah.
3: He awesome. seems like a super nice guy. It was it was really cool. All
0: right. Well, now you have those cons behind you, you have some more on the horizon coming up here, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, this coming weekend, um, August uh, 15th, 16th, Saturday, I'll be at Hazel's Heroes Comics and More in Canton, Ohio, just doing an in-store signing appearance type thing. And then Sunday, the 16th, I'll be at Neo Comic Con. It's a brand-new first-time convention convention. Uh, it's in Strongsville outside of Cleveland, Ohio. I'll be there that day. And then um, the following weekend, August 22nd, I'll be here in Columbus at uh, Tricon Columbus. Woo-hoo! Yeah, will be seeing you there. Awesome.
0: Yeah, awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, it's funny. We, we've seen you a few different times at uh, other conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe not many. Uh, maybe the Pack Rats, Back I rats know at least right, yeah. twice. I have like like there's another one. But in, every time we're like, okay, we got to talk to Sean Forney this time, but every time we go to go to you, your table is just packed full of people. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. This is, this is a good problem to have Sean.
3: <laughs> right. I, I've been very fortunate to, to have that happen at a lot of the shows in the last couple of years. And it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's always great to see that kind of response, uh, you know, from everything that I've done over the last few years that, you know, people are enjoying it. They're coming back to, you know, see the, the newest thing and, and, and so on and so forth. So, like I said, I've been I've been very fortunate to have that happen.
0: Sure, you know, on top of doing tons of different commissions, I mean, I've seen all kinds of stuff you've done, all kinds, all different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you've done a lot of work on different comic books. Anything uh, you'd like to mention?
3: Um, I just finished up um, six issues of Zen Intergalactic Ninja, which, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it was, uh, it was a comic book that came out kind of around the same time as Ninja Turtles did initially. Um, and it kind of rode on the coattails, if you will, of some of that success from Turtles. Um, it it had its own video game. It had a toy line. Um, I, I think maybe a cartoon was in production at one point, if I remember right. Um, and then uh, I'm not sure what kind of happened after, like, the 90s. It kind of either slowed down production or maybe it went out of print not real sure but uh three years ago uh when i was at san diego i ended up meeting um artist marat michaels uh just on a whim and uh it, it was i was handing off color samples to uh, rob Leifeld, and rob wasn't at his table and Marat happened to be there i knew they had worked together so I just kind of you know, asked, hey, is he going to be back? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And Marat's like, well, yeah, you know, what are you after? He explained the whole situation. I was there to drop off color samples because Rob was uh, looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, Marat said to me something along the lines of, well, the same guy that left him left me. He's like, what do you got? Hand off my samples. He almost immediately is like, well, hey, I got work for you. Let, let's talk once the show's over. Um, so just kind of on that off chance of just meeting, you know, out of the blue like that, uh, he set me up with working on Zen, and it's just been kind of an ongoing process the last two, three years, whatever it's been, to get uh, the six issues done. They debuted the, the first issue, they did an exclusive cover at San Diego, and uh, the, the actual regular release will come out uh, October 28th. Um, so I'm trying to, trying to work out some plans to do something special, uh, at World's Greatest Comics when the book is released and then, you know, that'll be issue one and there's, you know, like I said, six issue miniseries and hopefully it does well and, uh, we'll get to do a handful more issues of that. Um, nice. so yeah, that's one of the big things that I've, I've worked on here recently that, uh, it's, it's done waiting to see it get out there. Sure. Um, And then uh, one of the other projects I've been working on, it's a create-your-own-property. It's called Cyberines. Um, I colored issue one uh, sometime last year. Issue two was already done ahead of time, so I worked on the cover for that one. And we just finished up issue three, and I talked to the creator uh, when I was in Boston, and we should be starting on issue four here pretty soon. And once issue four gets rolling, Um, he's going to submit Issue 1 to Diamond. Right now, all the books, all of them, excuse me, Issue 1 and 2 right now are available on Comixology to purchase digitally. Um, But then, hopefully in the next month or two, you'll be able to get them at the comic shop. They'll be distributed through Diamond.
0: Very nice. And uh, maybe we can put some links on our website to help direct people Mm -hmm. over that way, too. That'd be Awesome. Yeah, I can definitely send you those. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Now you also have uh, you co-created and illustrated a series called Scarlet Huntress. Is this correct?
3: Yes. Yeah, uh, my wife and I created it. Um, I, we did like the the first uh, story with Scarlet in 2003. Uh, I was invited to to submit something to an anthology that was based out of Cincinnati, and it was something that we came up with on a phone conversation. We just came up with a short five-page story, worked on it, got it off to the publisher. Publisher came back and asked to do like a crossover story with one of their characters, um, did another like short five-page story. And uh, there was enough like l- local people that were asking, it's like, oh, when are you gonna do more? When are you gonna do more? So we did uh, a one-shot. It was a 16 or 18 page one-shot that we did. And again, you know, people kept asking, well, are we can to do another one, do another one? And for me, it's uh, doing that book it, is always, unfortunately, a uh, kind of a back burner thing because I have to do it in between working on all the other projects, which, uh, you, uh, you know, anybody with any experience in this knows it's not a 9 to 5. It's always like a 9 to whenever it gets done. And um, so it doesn't allow me a lot of free time to do something that's, you know, it's not really a paying project, per se, in the, in the basic sense. So it, it, it's, it takes a couple of years for us to do an issue each time, because we do it all ourselves. Um, my wife, Steph, she writes it, I draw it, and we usually take turns um, doing the finishing stuff and then I'll color it, letter it, the, all the production stuff to get it ready for print we do ourselves wow. so it's a lengthy process i do have another story planned out uh we did uh the kickstarter in 2013 and the book came out in 2014 so hopefully here in the next year or so i'll have a, a short story or two to go along with it that uh follows up from where that left off
0: you'll have to uh, let us know when that's uh, available definitely. i definitely would like to read some of that
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, like I said, in the next year or so, hopefully we'll have it done and ready to go. uh, For the last year or so, I've kind of been off and on doing uh, some pin-up art that I plan on releasing a book later this year. Uh, The hope is to have it mostly finished before I go to uh, New York Comic Con uh, and then uh, possibly run a small Kickstarter to fund the printing of it. It'll be like a... probably like a 32, 48 page book of pinup art and kind of all the, uh, sketches and stuff that led up to the finished pieces.
0: Very cool, man. That'd be neat. Yeah, absolutely. One uh, more question I wanted to ask you here, and I should probably should have asked this a little earlier. I was going to ask what kind of comics uh, you grew up on. What inspired you? I mean, you'd already mentioned the X-Men. Was there anything else?
3: Like I said, that was probably like one of the first books that I got and I really read and really got into it. Um, I think the very first comic I got was a, uh, like, Marvel Tales Presents Spider-Man. And uh, I got that right around the same time that um, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends was on Saturday morning cartoons. And those together got me hooked. And I'd always had, you know, some sort of interest in drawing or whatever. Because basically, as my mom always says to anybody, it's like, you know, as soon as I could hold a crayon, it was like that was my thing to do was, you know, sit down, draw, whatever. And I would draw whatever I saw on, you know, cartoons and whatnot. So it was, it was, you know, watching stuff. Like I said, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And it was, uh, He-Man, oh, man. <laughs> Transformers, G.I. Joe, all that stuff. Just you know, it got me hooked. I was into all of it, you know, the, sure. the toys, the cartoons, everything. And, um, yeah, I, I would. I, uh, I started collecting comics like pretty seriously once I picked up that X Men number one book, uh, and I, I was always a Spider Man nut. So I basically bugged the heck out of my mom to let me get a pull list at the local comic shop for. Uh, was when um, the Maximum Carnage storyline took place.
0: Oh, okay.
3: So that was that was my like jumping in point for for everything Spider Man oriented. And I don't know, I probably did that for about a year or so before I just kind of got too crazy because they were coming out with so many books that mom was like, yeah, you know, we're going to not buy all these. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I was into it and then kind of got out of it for a little bit. And then what really got me back in was um, Age of Apocalypse. Mm. Um, I, I picked up the, uh, the the first issue of it, the, the X-Men Alpha or whatever the issue was called and um that was the first time I saw Joe Maderera's art and I was instantly hooked and just same thing I did when I saw the X-Men book with Jim Lee. I just dove in and got right back into it and started up a poll list again and, you know, started buying all this stuff like crazy. And, uh, it was right around that same time that that's where I was reading like wizard magazine and all this kind of stuff. And I, you know, that's when I discovered it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, it's, you know, other people can get these jobs working in comic books. It's not the same guys that have been doing it since the 60s. That was, you know, that was kind of what was in my head. I was picturing it's like all these guys have been doing the same stuff since the 60s. It's like, no, no, I'm looking at this guy right here, Joe Matarera, and it's like, yeah, he's only like eighteen, <laughs> and it's like, hey, wow, I can I can get one of these jobs, and yeah. that's you know that's uh, that's what I pursued as soon as I saw that, and you know, Wizard was at the time it was awesome because it had all the information of here's how you break in the industry, and here's how you get a job, and here's contact info and all this junk, and like as as soon as I saw that information, man, I I jumped on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Wizard World magazine that takes me back. I haven't. Yeah. Is that that's still around, right? Is it, uh, is I,
3: I don't think so. The magazine is not. The magazine hasn't been in print for a number of years now. Oh, uh, well. They they were doing an online magazine, but I think even that died off. I, I think the only thing that, that exists with the name is just the conventions.
0: Boy, that was a good magazine. That, <laughs> that was a regular along with a Toy Fair magazine. I don't know if they still make that one or not, but that was a, another great one. Mm, I don't think oh, yeah. Have.
2: Wasn't that the same company?
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. back in back in their like height, back in the day, that was that was the the thing to grab, man. Oh,
0: Absolutely, yeah. I've I've got a few left. One right here next to me, actually, from nine uh, eleven, and then I have the other Wizard uh, magazine from when uh, Captain America was killed in during this what the year after the Civil War happened, like two thousand seven, something like that.
2: I think mm-hmm. the last one I bought was the. Uh, They came out with, like, this annual poster pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that.
3: (laughs) I totally miss it. I I got a few of those hanging in my studio. Oh, man. (laughs) Totally jealous.
0: Very cool. Well, you know, it's uh, been awesome having you on the show, and it's it's cool uh, talking about all this stuff. We're even getting nostalgic talking with Sean about the Wizard World here. (laughs) I'm loving it. Loving it. So, uh, yeah, to everyone out there who would uh, like to see Sean – you know, if you didn't catch him at San Diego, like he was saying, uh, August 15th, Hazel's Heroes and Comics in North Canton, Ohio. August 16th at the Neo Comic Con, Strongsville, Ohio. Then, uh, what was it, August 22nd, Tricon Columbus at the Ohio Expo Center. And yep. if you're not in Ohio, then you can catch him at the uh, New York Comic Con, uh, October 8th through 11th. Sean, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, thank you guys. It's been awesome. You can uh, check out Sean's work at smcomics.com, and I know you have Twitter and Instagram. I just can't remember the handles. What are those again?
3: Uh, They are both at Sean Forney Art, and then my Facebook page is Sean Forney Illustration. Awesome,
0: and we'll uh, put links to all that stuff on the website for you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. No, thank you, man. Jack, what do we have on the website?
1: We got our blog from the guests and book reviews, Uh, the Wall of Heroes, some videos, trailers, photos. And the Canned Air Comic Book Store.
0: All kinds of good stuff on there. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at Canned Pod and on Instagram at underscore Air. And check out our YouTube channel. We have some G.I. Joe P.I. PSAs on there with the Canned air touch to them. And we have some unboxing videos you might want to check out. A few loot crates, uh, some TMNT box unboxings. Uh, what else is in some there? Some Marvel One, and Comic Bento. Comic Bento, yeah. So we're going to have more of those coming in the future. So keep an eye out on that channel there. <clears throat> Uh, was there anything else, gentlemen? I got nothing.
1: Jeff? I want to eat no? those Funyuns that have been
0: sitting there watching the whole time. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Staring at you in the face the whole they show. Been. No crunching on the mic, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we better go so Jack can have his Funyuns. So, until <laughs> next time, I am Jeremy Collie. Jack Doherty.
3: Jeff Holcomb. Sean Forney, thanks, guys. Thank you, thanks, and we'll see Sean. everyone
0: next time. Woo! From outside Blowtorch! Whenever there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question: what about the fire? And no one is half the battle. GI Joe
1: Man. Hit <laughs> Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!